Football is back and so is the Ringer NFL show. Coming at you five days a week with wall-to-wall coverage from recapping the Sunday games, giving a player perspective, deep dives, and previewing the coming slate. Check out the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? We back. R2C2. Two times a week now, bro. This is like, this is, this is what we're doing. I love a, real, a real job, man. Yeah, a real job. <laughs> <laughs> I, by the way, it's, a, it's just a different form of your clothing that I'm rocking today. It's not the shirt with your you got face the, on the it. the hoodie. <laughs> the hoodie yeah. the, you know what? The red hoodie, the red Roots of Fight hoodie is, which for those who uh, don't know the CC collection on Roots of Fight, definitely check it out. I will say... When I have like a little bit of a tan, I look beautiful in this hoodie. I mean, this is a, this is a great it, looking hoodie. It works for you. It works for me, man. I, I put on the hoodie, I feel like a new man. No, I love uh, it. By the way, the Nets can't hit free throws tonight, man. Watching Has that this been a game. problem? Oh yeah, he just yeah. another one. Yeah, they're like they're shooting like fifty five percent from the line or something like that. Crazy tonight. I, and I, I feel like Milwaukee's like hitting everything right now too. You know, ev- like everything. They're on fire right now. They're playing a really good game. They are, man. And and I, I kind of knew. I I thought the Nets would get out of the gates 0-2. I thought they'd lose at Milwaukee, lose at Philly, because it's going to take some time for them to figure it out, first and foremost, without Kyrie now. I mean, that's a lot different than what they were planning for, right? But then also, they have like a lot of different guys. Like, very surprising. Bruce Brown hasn't played tonight. I, I don't know why he's not in the initial rotation, but that's surprising to me, and I, I think should change and will. But, like, if you look at it, it's a lot of different dudes that they're working in. They still have to figure out their entire front court. So as much as I still think they're going to be the favorites to win a championship at the end of the day, I think it's going to take them a little time to figure it out, see? Yeah, at the beginning of this game, me and I was sitting here with Lil C watching, and we were just both saying, like, they need a center. You know what I'm saying? Like, in a weird way, they need, like, a somebody that can score buckets in the middle. Because at the beginning of the game, they were throwing a lot of lobs like to the center. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And but they need somebody that can actually convert those and at the same time stop Giannis. Because you don't want Durant down there against Giannis in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he can hold his own, but that's not that's not a good look. And 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 in the East, I think you need a center, bro. Especially next, like you said, and Beeb is the next game. So we'll see how this works out with them. You know, not having like a big big time big name center right now. Yeah, they're going to have to figure out their rotation of bigs. By the way, they're down 17 with four minutes left. They should get Kevin Durant out of this game. Um, but <clears throat> we're recording this Tuesday night as as this game's on, as well as Red Sox-Dodgers, which we'll get to. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Red Sox-Astros, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. But I, I see, I, I look at it and like Claxton's a very young, he's a promising big, but like, you know, at least game one tonight, is he ready for Milwaukee? No. Absolutely he's, he, not. He's no. not. He's not. He He's, won't be ready for Embiid either. Yeah, he, it's going to take I, him some time. I think the Nets beat the, the Sixers, though, bro. They got a lot of bullshit going on down there. Wow. Man, you know what? All right, let's. We'll, we're going to get to what's going on in Philly in a moment. But see, before we get there, as I derailed us uh, being distracted from watching this Nets game, um, we will get to... Uh, We'll get to the, the a little more on the start of the NBA season and what's going on with the Sixers. But wanted to start with... The news today that Aaron Boone is back on a three-year contract. You know, there was a little, there was a time period, see, where 
we sort of were all waiting to see what was going to happen. And I think, you know, it led some to believe that maybe he he would not be back. I think we always thought he would be back. Um, and the one thing I can say is there is a there's a consensus from Yankees fans where they want to see some sort of change, right? It's not going to be with the manager. It's not going to be with the general manager. So it's going to have to come with the personnel. You're going to have to see some significant infusions when it comes to the roster. Uh, otherwise, I think you're going to have a a very rankled fan base to start the 2022 season. Yeah, I mean, I, I never expected Booney to go anywhere. I, I mean, I you know, I always knew it. I felt like he would be back, you know, just... Just the way the roster was constructed, it wasn't, you know, you can't put anything on him. You know, I know the fan base and everybody wanted to to blame him for what transpired this year, but I never did. I never thought he, you know, did anything wrong. So, um, you know, I'm happy to see him back and, and hopefully they can, like you said, you know, get this roster in a, in a, in a way where they can compete um, in the East next year, for sure. Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing with, you know, with, with Booney is, is – Look, do I think he is, he has been a sensational tactician? Um, no, I don't. But one thing I think he should get credit for this year, and, and you know, Brian Cashman talked a lot today about um, Aaron's kind of communication in the clubhouse and the value of that. But, but one thing I, I, I thought uh, he should get credit for this year is this team, if you look at the run differential, I mean, this team really didn't have any business winning 90-plus games. Like, this this team's run differential was puny. It was not the run differential of a team. We talked about this, see. It was not the run differential of a team that finishes 20 games over 500. It just wasn't. It was a the run differential of a team that usually would finish just a little bit over 500. And so I think you have to give the manager some credit for finding a way to win games with a team that overall didn't produce like that. Now, having said that, did I think it should be a slam dunk that he was back? No, being frank, I didn't. I think there was one egregious mistake he made at the end of the season, which really cost them, which was treating that 2-1 game against Tampa like it was a certain loss instead of using high leverage relievers, which came back to bite them. That was a that was a poor mis- that was a big mistake. And I, and I think that's an area where Aaron Boone has struggled at times is managing the bullpen. He has not been on the level of a Joe Girardi when it comes to that area of things. But on the whole, do I look at this team and say the reason they underachieved was Aaron Boone? Do I think that's really going to fix everything? No, I don't. (laughs) I don't think he's the reason why they underachieved. So I kind of look at it and say, let's see what happens, see? Let's see. Let's see. The narrative's not done yet. Let's see what happens if he has a better team next year. Because Yankees fans, as much as they're frustrated right now, if the roster changes over significantly, they may feel a lot different about Aaron Boone. Yeah, for sure. I think I think it's like you said. I mean, I think it's just you know them making some changes on the roster and and getting this you know to where they can p- compete. I mean, if you even looking at the teams that are in the playoffs right now, I mean, you know, stolen bases is something that's not a not big during the regular season. But everybody, every team that's playing right now has guys that are, that can steal bags and that are running the bases and. You know, that's something that we didn't have all year. And, mm-hmm. you know, these teams that are down to the Final Four, these lineups are constructed where they have speed, power, and it's a lot of balance in the lineup, and we didn't have that. So, um, you know, hopefully we can get our roster that way, and, you know, I think we'll have a better year next year. Yeah, I I, I think, you know, Br- Brian Cashman today 
admitting that there's a need at shortstop is, you know, I think pretty significant, right? Like, I mean, he him being willing to go there and now being willing to say, like, Labor Torres is not is not the answer at shortstop. That second base is where they see Glaber, which I think could help the offensive production you get from Glaber next year, right? But well, I mean, also, hey, look at look at when they put him back at second base this year. You know, at the end of the year, he started raking. Exactly. I think you look at shortstop, you look at catcher, and depending on what's going on with Hicks and injury wise, you look at center field and you say, okay, if you can if you could change things at those positions, if you can get what you're talking about, see some speed, some athleticism, maybe something to diversify the lineup, some guys who are a little more contact oriented. I, I think all of a sudden the team could look a whole lot different than what we saw this year. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think why we keep talking about contact-oriented guys is because DJ didn't have the type of year that he normally has. Yeah, you know, He true. struggled a little bit. So, you know, he's that guy in the lineup. But, you know, you need more than one, but I think everybody's, you know, pointing to that in our lineup is because DJ struggled so much this year. And Brian Cashford talked about that, too. He said, you know, he, he believes DJ LeMahieu wasn't DJ LeMahieu because of the sports hernia injury, which, you know, he just had surgery on. Um, so we'll see once he recovers from his surgery, if he can get back to the place he was at. And for people wondering about Cashman coming back, too, he had one year left on his contract. I think we've seen uh, that ownership is reluctant to get rid of someone, you know, before their contract is up. Also, I think we've seen that Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner are in a lockstep. So I don't think it was surprising at all. I'm very curious what will happen if the Yankees have a down year this year. I think this is sort of a rubber meets the road year for this team because 2021 was so aggressively underwhelming that I think it would be hard to stomach back-to-back years with that being the case. So so see, now that they're not going to do anything drastic, and, and let's be honest, okay, they can change the coaches. If you think that the reason the Yankees struggled this year was because of Marcus Timms or PJ Pilateri or Phil Nevin. You're out of your mind. Yeah. All right. That that that's when that's window dressing. Okay. That nobody's getting fooled by that. Nobody's looking at at getting rid of those three coaches and saying, ha, okay, now the Yankees are gonna do what they're supposed to do. No. Those guys ha- are the fall guys for what was, you know, a flawed roster. Okay. And it's unfortunate that those three guys were the fall guys for what's a flawed roster. And I'm not saying, I don't know, maybe it was time to move on from them, period, the end. But if you're looking at the New York Yankees and you think, you know what they needed? They needed a new hitting coach and a new third base coach and everything was going to be okay. Bull. That is not the case. They need a, they need legitimate tweaking to their roster. That's what needs to happen, period, yeah, and, the end. And for me, I mean, I know a lot of those guys that are in that clubhouse came up with Marcus as their hitting coach, you know, yeah. all through the minor leagues. You know, he had been there forever, so... You know, that, like you said, that's definitely not the reason why the team struggled. But, you know, somebody had to take the blame. And, you know, it kind of is what it is. Coaches get hired to get fired. And, you know, that's just that's that's a part of the game. Exactly. Exactly. And that, like I said, I want to give the out of, look, I don't I don't know. Maybe everybody felt, oh, it's time to move on. It's time for a change. Fine. But let's just not act like. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but like we don't like we if coach like. Kevin Long is one of the best hitting coaches ever. Yeah. And we we fired him. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, he went on to win another World Series with, with Washington. He's got Juan Soto locked in. Like, it kind of is what it is when with the with the hitting and, you know, pitching coaches. They move around a lot. So they always end up taking the blame for 
a, a you know a lackluster offense or or a pitching staff that doesn't that underperforms or you know if it's a big blare you know like Nevin you know sending Judge then you know I knew once that happened I was like oh they're gonna blame everything on Nev like yeah. this is yeah he's you know so you know you, you just try to point to those big things that happened during the season and you know fired it fired the person that's in charge of that <laughs> <laughs> you know what I uh, 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 see. I I couldn't agree more. I've actually thought about this a lot, like how hard it is to be a coach or a manager. In I would never want to be a coach. Are you oh. fucking kidding me? Oh. Like you have no real bearing on the game, cuz yeah. all you do is just sit there and fucking hope that these guys that you fucking telling stuff every day can play baseball. Like yeah. you literally hoping somebody else is good. Fuck yeah. that. I'm never doing that job well, well, ever. Also, how about like you know, uh, 2019, right? Marcus Timms, PJ Pilateri are all the rage because they get all of these guys who are, you know, who have never had offensive success to have career years, right? Yeah. Gio Urshela, uh, Mike Talkman, whoever they would put in the lineup would step up in a huge way for the Yankees that season as they, you know, went huge periods of time without Stanton, without Judge. Without Judge, yeah. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're out of a job. It's just, it's a, it's a crazy business. And I want to say this for everybody who's going to be like, oh, they should have fired Boone. They should have fired Boone. Well, you could have justified. Who but who you do you hire? But exactly. You, 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 you could justify that. But, but there is just as good a chance that after next year, you're going to be saying, thank God they kept Aaron Boone. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I, if we hire somebody, you're like, oh, damn, we should have kept Booney. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yes, yes. I, it's it's never the coach's fault, Cass. I, I mean, yeah. like, you, you you can say what you want to say, and I know Hal came out and said that, but players fucking play. Coaches yeah. don't fucking pitch. They don't throw one pitch. They ain't taking not one at bat. They ain't fielding one ground ball. Players yeah. players play the game. You, you know why the Yankees struggled more than any, anything else this season? Because Glaber Torres was not close to the offensive player he used to be. Because Gary Sanchez has regressed some, and because DJ LeMahieu wasn't close to the player he was. But I, I got excited when Glaber went back to second base, just watching yeah, yeah, his yeah. body language and watching him at his at bats, and you know, like when he went when he got back to second base and was able to to relax his mind and just worry about you know just letting his athletic ability take over. I think I think you saw a, a different Glaber, and and for me, like young guys, you move them all over the field. Like everybody's looking for. You know the Zorbis type, where you move them all over the field, and they can play here and plug and play and do all of that shit. But it takes away from their offense, man. It, it, I mean, especially younger players. I mean, you look at today, Gavin Lux in center field. T played started ten games in center field, and you're yeah. gonna put him in center field in the ALCS in a day game? Like, come on, man. Like, of course he's gonna make an error. They called it a double, but of course yeah. he's gonna make an error in center field. Yeah, like, you can't just throw guys in positions. And expect them to be the same guy, and and I think that's what happened with G, with GT. You know, I, I I love that you've made that point, see, because you've talked about that in the past. How like that's a lot to put on a guy, but, to but all yeah, of a sudden I mean, to concentrate on that. Yeah, so when you come up to the big leagues, man, it, it's 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 a lot going on, and and yeah. if you're moving around every day, you you come to the park and you got to grab a different glove, and you basically learning the position in the big leagues. Like, mm -hmm. that's incredibly hard and still trying to produce. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because these guys that, that they moving all around the field are supposed to be guys that have a big bat, and that's why they're trying to plug them and play them. Because yeah. they can hit. 
But that shit takes away from your hitting when all you're thinking about is defense. Look yeah. at what happened with Gary. Yeah, Same thing I man. feel like with Gary Sanchez. Yeah. Yeah. When he started worrying about defense and everybody started getting on about pass balls and defense and shit, then his, then his offensive production went down. When you're that young and you're worried about something, anything that has to pertain with the game, it's going it's to take away from your personal game. You know what else? The, the other part of it, see, is it's just like hitting is so mental. So if you are, if you're in your head about the defensive aspect of things, it's going to, it's going to rear its head, pun intended, when you're at the plate then at some point, I would think. Yeah, because I mean, you know, we play baseball and it's just muscle memory. Like, so Gavin Lux came up his whole life playing in the infield, shortstop, second base, whatever. So you just throw him in the outfield and like not even in the minor leagues. We are in Dodger Stadium because it's the big mm-hmm. leagues. Mm-hmm. And they throw and they throw these kids all over the place, man. Like it, it takes that muscle memory away from you. So now yeah. you're out here trying to learn the game on the highest level all yeah. over again. And, yeah. it, and it's and it's hitting too. It's the same thing. And yeah. because you like you said, it is so mental. Once you start getting all fucking riled up or worried about my defensive, it's, it don't even have to be a play, just the positioning, where I'm yeah. supposed to stand. Like you're worried about all this different shit takes away from your game bro big time i'm telling you yeah if you are i mean in the case of glaber right just think about it even if if he's you know he's struggling a shortstop he knows it he's worried about it wondering if he can come through now all of a sudden he's less confidence now he's stepping in the box with less confidence or feeling like oh i have to do even more at the plate to justify what i'm doing poorly defensively defensively yeah it's hard to play that way i mean that's just a really hard place to be it reminds me of when a rod had that conversation with gary uh and and j-lo when they went to lunch and then gary went off and remember he talked about how he he talked about to gary he's like don't think about hitting at all he's like don't spend any time on hitting just 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 focus on defense that's it because he knew if he if he started feeling good about his defense, right, then he was going to hit because he was just going to be free mentally. But when he's worried about his defense and feeling like it's not up to snuff, then all of a sudden, offensively, it's like, oh shoot, I got to make up for that. I got, I, I got, I got to do more. And you know, it's just a hard, it's a hard place to play. Um, I do want to say, I do want to say this because I want, I want to be fair. It, what the Yankees have done thus far this off season is not going to satisfy Yankees fans and is not, I think, reflective of saying, hey, we understand that last season was a great disappointment or that changes need to be made. So if you're a fan right now, you are understandably waiting to see what happens with the roster. And I would think that there will have to be some significant additions. Otherwise, I think you as a Yankee fan would have every reason to question why this team kept the homeostasis. Because what is clear is that the inertia is gone. The Whatever was built off 2017 has hit a wall, and there needs to be some sort of deviation. The organization made the decision not to do that with the general manager, not to do that with the manager. Okay, but then you have to do that with the personnel. Because you cannot look at what you just looked at in 2021, and to a certain degree, 2020, but 2021, and say, hey, if we just run this back, we're going to be okay. No, you're not. If you run it back, you're going to be talking about the same things next offseason. So you've made your decision. 
And and I'm one who's open to seeing the narrative change. I think we could very well be standing here at the end of next year and saying, hey, Aaron Boone did a very nice job. It was right to keep him. But we're not going to be saying that if they come back with basically the same team. They need to make significant changes to the roster. Yeah, they need to make significant changes just because the other teams, like Booney said it at the end of the year last year. Like I'm sitting here watching this Boston team that I keep saying this on this podcast that was not supposed to win this year playing in the ALCS and, and playing well against the Astros. You know what I'm saying? I'm watching the uh, uh, Blue Jays team that is really fucking good. And if they get some pitching, it's probably going to be one of the better lineups in the, in the big leagues. Yeah. And we know what Tampa does year to year. So yeah. you, it, it, some, shit has to, <laughs> some shit has to change, bro. Yeah. Because these other teams are, have caught the fuck up. I'm telling you. Is there any, I know we're going to end up doing a bunch of this stuff with, um, you know, the, uh, the, the um, free agency and hot stove and whatever, but is there any one free agent right away for the Yankee lineup that you look at and say, that guy would be a great fit? That comes Rizzo. to mind. Rizzo. Yeah. Bringing him back. Yep. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, he, he was a perfect your, fit. He sews up your, your, your defense at first base, sews yeah. up your defense in the infield, period. Because yeah. when you have a good first baseman, that, that, that hides a lot of errors. And, yeah. and I didn't know that until Tex left. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Without having Tex, it, it hides a lot of shit, man, when you have a good first baseman. So Rizzo's perfect for that lineup. It's perfect for that ballpark. His, his personality is great for our team. Yeah. And he's a winner. And, yeah. and his defense is, is, is way above average. So he's the one guy I think that they need to sign back right now just looking at, at the team. They got to get Rizzo back. I couldn't agree with you more. It wasn't, it wasn't what I was first thinking of, but see, you're so right. It, he hits all fields, too. He hits lefties. He hits every... He, I mean, yeah, yeah, he gives you good at-bats. He's basically Freddie fucking... He's Freddie Freeman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, we, we're, I'm just thinking of guys I'm watching in the playoffs right now give good at-bats, hitting lefties, can come through late in the clutch. Like, that's... I mean, that's a guy that, that we need in our lineup that can anchor it down for, for years to come. I'm interested to see then if they also go after maybe Seager at short. I know his defense is just like middle of the road, but the fact that he's a left-handed bat doesn't strike out a ton. He's has, hurt all has, the time. Yeah, we don't want that. We don't he's want got injuries. a bad back. Yeah, we don't want injuries. We don't want injuries. I'm curious what they do there though, because the interesting thing about shortstop is it's resplendent with options this offseason, right? Like there's a lot of big time free agent shortstops out there, but the Yankees' top two prospects are also shortstops and may just be a year away, you know? Uh, so Volpe's like two or three years away. He's only 18 years old. So, what about what about Peraza, though? I mean... You can't I, yeah, rely I like on you, you, yeah, yeah, but I, if we can go get a shortstop that I know yeah. can play every day, yeah, yeah. I'd rather go get a shortstop that I know can play every day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Correa and, and, is a free agent. The Yankees aren't a team that waits on prospects. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. they'll they'll trade Volpe to be, to go get something to help us win right now. Yeah, you know what I'm no, saying? The right. team that I you're normally right. know. So, yeah. I mean, because you see, Carl. But listen, why won't the Astros pay Carlos Correa? Like, why are they breaking this up? You know what I, I'm saying? I, like, they basically have retooled. Yeah. Let Springer walk. If you sign Correa back, you got Altuve there for for some more years. Bregman is like, what are they doing? Because, like, I don't understand why they won't sign him back. Me either. I don't know what their financial situation is exactly, but it seems like they're a little too willing to let him stars walk. walk. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
We saw it with Springer. We saw it with Cole. I, I can you know, see we, Springer, and I can see yeah. I can see Springer. I mean, it kind of is what it is with him. And he, I mean, you can let you have to let one of them walk. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And if he was the first one to go, that's fine. But the rest of them, like, I don't understand that at all. Like, man, and, and now with with Tucker, what he's doing out there, like, bruh. I mean, I yeah, know. you 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 ought to keep that offense together. Yeah, and oh. the West is not good. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like the A's are trash. The Seattle's really good. Like you know they'll be good in a couple of years, but fuck that division's for them to win every for the next couple of years, bro. So I just don't see why they wouldn't sign them back. Watching this series, see as we talk, it's Game Four ALCS Red Sox Astros, which. It, it's been a hard watch. I think for all Yankees fans, it's it's a difficult watch. Um, Man, I've to, been watching to, the shit out of this series. Bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you have. But for the non, uh, you know, for 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 the non former player, for the non New Yorkers, yeah, exactly. Um, or for the New Yorkers, I guess it's hard. Yeah, exactly. By the way, the Astros, according to Bobby Wagner, have sixty three million projected room under the tax before re signing anyone. Bro, so yeah. That's or is that is that the Yankees? No, no, no. That's the Astros. Yeah, what are they yeah, doing? like yeah, exactly. They have plenty of room uh, before hitting that luxury tax. Um, but see, I, I, I know it's been a tough series to watch. I am just amazed, amazed, and we'll see what happens. It's two one in the bottom of the fifth inning of Game Four. Red Sox a two one series lead as we do this podcast. But I'm amazed this Red Sox team is two and a half, two wins away, a win and a half away from. Going to the World Series. I, I, I'm stunned all year long. I never looked at this team and thought, this is a World Series team. Even as they got off to a hot start, you know, I always thought they'd lose the division. They eventually did. You know, I, that wild card game being at Fenway instead of Yankee Stadium really could have ended up being the difference between this team being capable of going to the World Series or not. Because I, I think said, it, I told you that. You did. That was- you did. That was the biggest, that was the, like, them getting that, that wild card game in Fenway just set them up to go on this run. And they got hot at the right time. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, off, this is an offense that can, that can keep the line moving. They can take you deep. They can get hits. They can get multiple hits in the inning. And, they, and they're doing it at the right time. I mean, Kike Hernandez is on another fucking planet right now. And that's helping. But, but I mean, it's kind of one of those things where this lineup is just, and, and and the Astros pitching is not that great. Having Lance McCullers out mm-hmm. um, right now is definitely helping. But man, cause it's crazy, man, to see them get this hot right now and to be able to piece these wins together. It's crazy. What has been the thing that stood out to you most about watching this ALCS thus far? Just the amount of runs being scored. Because normally in the playoffs, you know what I'm saying, it ain't these many home runs and. You know, it ain't like these big route games like this. And to see, you know, these offenses going off like this. Here's another one off the monster. I don't know Brantley's got that one. But, I mean, these guys have just been swinging the bat. And you normally don't see that in playoff series. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting, too, how, like, when you have your meteor order, right? You have your, uh, your, your Bogarts, your Devers, your Martinez, right? And then you just sprinkle in a guy or two who gets hot. What that does for a postseason lineup, I mean, obviously, Kike's been on another level, but Verdugo as well. Like, you throw them in with the reliability of the middle-of-the-order guys, and the lineup just mashes. And I feel that same way about the Astros when you look at 
with their offense. And I know they're down in the series right now, but I've felt that in the playoffs before. It's like, okay, you know, you got consistency in the playoffs from Correa, from Altuve, from Bregman, right? And then all of a sudden you get a Guriel who, you know, who gets hot or uh, you get a, like, you know, one postseason Marwin Gonzalez get, all of a sudden get hot, right? Or Tucker and what he's done or, you know, name another Astros hitter. It's like when you have core guys who consistently perform in the playoffs, just takes that one other guy getting hot and that yep. offense will hum. And Kike has been that dude for the Red Sox. Yeah, it's, and it's crazy too. The Astros away from Minute Maid are beatable. At, in Houston, they don't seem like they, they're beatable. You know what I'm saying? At any point, I feel like they can get you. And they always get you late. And they always add on runs late. And like you said, those guys always perform in the, in the playoffs. Correa, Bregman, Altuve, every single year the last five years, they've been, they've been locked in during the playoffs. But it's just so hard to beat them at home. And you get them away from there. And, I mean, they seem like a normal team. It's crazy. It's weird. Yeah. I have to say, man, it's funny because this Red Sox team, it almost reminds me of like the 2011 New York Giants, like in the sense that you didn't go into the NFL playoffs being like, oh, this is the this is the best team in the NFL, right? But like they just kind of knew how to win the, those games and got hot at the right time. And Eli had a historically good postseason. And all of a sudden, boom, you're Super Bowl champions. Like, I, nobody's, I, I don't think anybody's looking at this Red Sox team saying, yeah, that's a World Series team. Like, no, but uh, my gosh, they could end up winning. Like, the now the Dodgers, and they could score four in the eighth, they come back and they save themselves from going down 3-0 today. And I do think they'll come back and beat the Braves. But if the Braves are to win that series, th we could easily be seeing the Red Sox win another World Series. I don't think yeah. either, either of these teams will beat the Dodgers. If the Dodgers get there, the, huge, the Red Sox know, or Astros could beat the Braves. Yeah. I, I, I think the more chances you give Chris Sale to pitch, the better he's going to be, too. So at yeah. some point, he's going to have a lockdown game where he goes out and pitches six or seven innings and gives up no runs. You know what I'm saying? The more that, yeah. the, more that the Red Sox give him opportunities, so it could be at the end of this series, it could be in the World Series, and he's going to go out and give you a good start, and, and that could be the key to them winning, man, and, and in a year where they weren't supposed to. In a year when they, you know, the, the year before they finished last. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's, uh, it's insane to watch these guys do what they're doing right now, man. Do you think there's something to just knowing how to win at this time of year, see? Yeah, but like, is I, that there a real definitely thing? is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, watching the Astros do it, and you watch the, the Yankees do it in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You watch the guys that I played with, the core guys, they knew how to win. And, and it's mm -hmm. a real thing for sure. But it's crazy that these, I mean, yeah, you have Devers, you have Martinez, and you have uh, Bogarts, but the rest of these guys for, that, for, the, for the Red Sox, they ain't been there. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, you, you got Schwarber. I mean, I guess they do have some guys. You got Schwarber who's been there, but it's just a, it's a, it's a brand new core for them. So to see, to see them gelling and meshing and going this far this first year is, is crazy. The Astros, you expect it because they've been doing this, right? Yeah. They've been walking us off. They've been hitting big home runs. They've been in the ALCS the last five years. So, I mean, but there, there, there definitely is something to being able to perform and being able to slow the game down at this time of the year, for sure. I, I think about that with the Yankees teams you mentioned, see, like how I just had this confidence of like, oh, they know how to win at this time of year. Like, even if you think 
their roster isn't as good as the team they're playing. Like, I know they just know how to win this time of year, and they will. And they also had one thing I think we often fail to um, give proper credit to is just how great and consistent their rotations were. Like, Yeah, they threw four guys who you felt good about, with the lone exception being, you know, I'd say when in 96 when they had Kenny Rogers as their four starter, and then in 2000 when they had Denny Nagel. But if you look otherwise, I mean, they they were they were throwing four guys who you felt amazing about, and three for sure all of those years. That's a far cry from you know things we're seeing, and obviously gives you a lot of confidence. But I also think there's something to being able to win those kind of games because I would watch them consistently beat teams that were supposed to be better than them on paper. You know, whether it was the you know 116 win Mariners or it was the Braves multiple times or you know, whoever, and it's funny because I still to this day have people say to me like, oh, Yankees should have never won that 96 World Series against that Braves team. That Braves team was stacked. That Braves team was loaded. Like, and I'm like, okay, oh, you, you say that, but we also then saw that Yankee team win four World Series in five years. So maybe we just didn't know yet how good that yeah, Yankee team Yankee was. You know, like yeah. maybe maybe that was just the beginning of them starting to crest, yeah, but right? But Smolty says the same thing too. Smolty says the same thing. He was like, I don't like, something happened. He always talks about something that changed that 96 series. And he feels like if they win that series in 96, then they go on and win, you know, next four out of five or whatever it was. If you hear him talk about how good they were and 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 he, I think he really believes that if they win that if they win that series in '96, then they go on to win because they went to the World Series in '97 too, right? No, they lost to the they lost to the Marlins in '97. Yeah, they went yeah, in '99 and they, they lost the Yankees. They got swept by the Yankees in '99. Yes, um, but he but he really believes if they win in '96, then they have a chance to run off a few. Yeah, what's crazy is they won in '95. You know, they won in '95. Like yeah, so he was like, he that's what he said. He was like, if we win that '96 too. Then we run off a few for sure. Yeah. They, uh, that Yankee team knew how to win this time of year. The Red Sox core, even though so many pieces have changed, as well as the Astros, they seem to know how to win this Astros, time of year. Sure. How, how to perform at this time of year. And the Dodgers, to a certain degree as well, right? I mean, we, we've seen them now knock on the door several times and, and win a championship. Um, although they obviously went through their paces before getting this one and some heartache in the playoffs. See, as it stands right now, with the Dodgers having this dramatic uh, come-from-behind win to, to get on the board in the series today, and the Red Sox currently leading 2-1 in the sixth inning of Game 4 and 2-1 of the series, who do you think is going to be in the World Series? I think the Braves are, are going to beat the Dodgers. I think the Braves are a better team. I thought the Braves were better than them last year. They were up 3-1. And, you know, circumstances, you know, had them lose that series. But I think that they're a better team, man. It's crazy. Um, they just got to get over whatever mental block they have of, of playing in Dodger Stadium. I think they've lost like a, the last 11 of 12 in Dodger Stadium. So they got the, they have to win a game in L.A. But I think, uh, I, think the, I think the Braves will win that series. And, it's, man, it's hard for me to, to think that the Astros won't come back um, if they can get it back to Houston. Somehow they can win a game here and get it back to Houston. I think they'll win the series. So you 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 think even without Acuna, the Braves are better than the Dodgers? Yeah, I do. Wow, interesting. I thought they were last year too. Yeah, I thought they were last year. They just came up short, but 
I mean, just watching these, these I mean, they, you know, they walked them off at home twice, but they, they just, they command these games and they, they play better against the Dodgers than any other team besides maybe the Giants in the National League. Mm. That's mm. the only other team that plays the Dodgers this well. Um, and, they, and they just can't win a game in Dodger Stadium. They got to figure out how to win a game in Dodger Stadium. I, I think the Astros are still going to come back and beat the Red Sox in this series. And I believe that the Dodgers wind up beating the Braves. And I think we're going to get a rematch of the 2017 World Series. I think we're going to get Astros, Dodgers, and a chance for sweet poetic justice for the Dodgers. <laughs> nice. Uh, that, that's what I think. But for my good friend, Jeff Quagliata, who's our head of research at the S Network and a diehard Braves fan, I hope for his sake, his Braves get there because he's just used to Atlanta sports fans. Oh, they, have, they have like sneaky heartache, man. Like, I mean, even think about this year in for in the NBA. Yeah. Right. Like, sure. I mean, the fact that they were that close to knocking out the Bucks. They never and, get that close to the again, finals. By the way, I'm sorry. Like, they're not yeah. getting that close, guys. Like, I, I, yeah. I mean, it kind of yeah, is. Yeah, you know, like, they, yeah. that was a great run last year. But get the fuck out of here. Like, the whole Nets team was hurt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's yes. no way they're making that type of run again. So, yeah, that was that was their shot. I, I think there's a good chance that it could be a while before we see the Hawks advance as far as they did last year. Yes. Um, as much as I love Trey Young and think he's great and well, I, I like some Trey of the other young beast. players. I, but, I, but yeah. I mean, that has nothing to do with the rest of the league. No, you right. Exactly. You're talking about other teams that have two or three stars stacked together. Um, I, uh, I I do say I love the way the Braves went for it, even with Acuna getting hurt. And I think yeah, that was that, awesome. That was awesome. And that's the, I think that's the kind of thing that also probably, right, see, it injects life and belief and confidence in the clubhouse too, right? When you're like, oh, okay, we're going to add. We're not going to shut it down. We're going to go get Jock Peterson. We're going to add because we have but, enough good pieces here. But but at, they added the whole week because yeah. they got Solar. They went and got Rosario. They got Jock Peterson. Like, they they reloaded in a way where it was like, oh, shit. Like, this this front office believes that we this team can – and they were five games behind the Mets or the Phillies at the time. Yeah. In the division when they made all these trades. And everybody's thinking that they, that they should punt. But the division, nobody had ran away with it yet. So yeah. go ahead and, 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 and make these trades and go ahead and go for it. And look where, they, look where it's gotten to. But me and Lil C were, were talking about this today. He was like, you know, if, if, if the Braves had Acuna, I think they sweep the Dodgers. And I said, I don't think so. I think them making those trades and getting Jack Peterson and getting Solar and getting Eddie Rosario made them a, a better complete team. Hmm. So... You know, in a way, it kind of helped. It kind of helped that Acuna got hurt, and it at the time when he got hurt, it was before the trade deadline, so they were able to see, you know, what they needed and what they can go out and get, and they added in a way that that made that franchise so much better, man. And you got to give you got to give um, Anthopolis props for seeing that that the Mets and the Phillies hadn't ran away with it, and they still had a chance to go win it. I love the conversation with you and Lil C, man. I love that you get to have your sports debates like yeah, this now. Yeah, watching we always, games, man. yeah, bro, it's crazy. We just yeah. sit here um, on this little couch right here and watch the games and sit back and, and really just have these kind of little debates and talk about the game. It's crazy. That's the dream, man. For that's sure. the father dream right For there. For sure, that, yeah. That's fantastic. I, um, I think it's also a good lesson what the Braves did. When you have a chance to win, you go for it. Yeah. You know, like, you go for it. But you, go for it. Like, don't but, just half-ass yes, it, cuz. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, go. Yes. If you're going to go, go. And go. they went all the way, bro. Like, I love it. 
yes, if you're going to go for it, go for it. Like, I, 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 you cannot, you can't punt on opportunities when you have a chance to win a championship. You got to go all in. You know, just like the Cubs did with their deadline moves, including getting Chapman in 2016, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they lost some key pieces in those deals. Obviously, Glaber was the big one there. But you got to go for it when you can do it because you never know if you're going to be back. And look, the lesson for the Astros-Yankees, and I know there are cheating implications because of the trash can banging, but it's 2017 with Verlander, right? You know, the, the Yankees have not gotten back to having as good a shot as they had that year. The Astros won because of that deal. Like you have to you have to make those deals when you have your chance. It's the same reason why, you know, the Nets going for Harden now, right? Like this is your window. You give up the rest. You just you got to do that stuff if you're going to win a championship. What I love I mean, what even if it doesn't win you a championship. Look at what the what the Indians did when they when they traded they got Andrew Miller. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you, you make a trade, you, yeah, you get rid of yeah. Clint Frazier, but it kind of is what it is. You go for it, got you the game seven of the World Series. You know what I'm yes. saying? You have to give yourself every chance because Absolutely. there's no guarantee you get back. It's the thing, it's the biggest mistake we make in sports. We see talented young cores, we see teams that get, you know, oh so close, and we say, ah, that this is the building block for next year. And you know what? Sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's not. No, and I think here more we fall into that trap more than anywhere else because of the ninety-six the nineties run. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, oh, this is this is it. This is the this is gonna be our run again. No, yeah. the fuck it's not. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? yeah. It's not that easy, bro. It's yeah. really not. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you have to go for it when you can, man. I mean, even like the Red Sox this year trading for Schwarber. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't have to make that deal, but now they got him playing first base for him, and it's it's working out. Guy hit a grand slam last night. Yeah, I, I mean, I that's a perfect example. It, and the other thing is. You know, bro, these umpires, well, while we're getting into it, these yeah, umpires are terrible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Every, I'm seeing pitches four God, inches outside no. the strike zone, man. Last Diaz behind the plate right now is fucking awful because this is like, they got, they have to do something. They yeah. have to do something about this. Guys are throwing harder, more movement than ever, and they cannot get this shit right. It happened Automated in the Dodgers game, zone. too. Walker yeah. Bueller throws Jock, Jock Peterson a nasty uh, slider down and in. Yeah. Didn't get the call, gives up four runs and it ends up giving four runs in the inning. Like, it's crazy, man. They got to get this shit right, man. Yeah, I, I mean, look, at this point, it's very hard to sit and watch a game and watch what we know is a strike be called a ball, what we know is a ball be called a strike. And then the umpires get mad, though. Like, know, they're going back and forth like, bro, you're wrong. Yeah. Like, like and these are playoff games, guys. Well, it doesn't help them either to to – for everybody in the ballpark to know they're wrong and them to just, you know, continue calling things incorrectly. You're better off getting it right. Um, I, I hope the automated strike zone is here sooner than later, see, because... Gosh, this is it, hard to watch. Yeah, it's well, it's also hard to have the technology and not implement it, you know? Um, I, oh, you know, e- e- even, uh, even seeing um, the other day, uh, the, I mean, the check swing, and I know that's not a... That's not a strike. Oh, it's yeah. not an automated strike. So think, but the, for the for that series to end, and you know, look, the Dodger, the Dodgers are probably going to win that anyway. But for that series to end on that call, it's just like, ugh. When we all can see via review that it was not close to being a swing, and yeah, that was, I, that was, was crazy way for that that to awful. end, man. Especially the first series between those guys in the playoffs. 
Yeah. See, who uh, who are you rooting for? Your boy Dusty or your boy Alex Cora? Man, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm rooting for Dusty. I think I'm rooting for Dusty. To be honest, I mean, either either side is good, but I'm rooting for Dusty, though. I mean, yeah. I, I, if Dusty gets a, gets a ring, I think he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, you know what? Go Dusty, then. I mean, in this series, I think Yankee fans have to root for the Astros. You can't root for the Red Sox. You can't root for the Red Sox, huh? No, can't, can't do it. My um, sister-in-law is a diehard Red Sox fan because my wife, my wife is from Cape Cod. So she's from the, you know, from Red Sox fan territory. So Andrea converted quickly. She's not a big sports fan. So she, you know, was very happy to quickly become a Yankee fan. And her, my mother-in-law also, but my father-in-law, sister-in-law, uh, like diehard Red Sox fans. And so she got Everly, like this little, like, joking like re two like red Sox type onesies one says um it's like something like Sh i'm watching D don't tell daddy I Sh i'm watching the red Sox game and then the other one is like that's uh something like that's not poop that you smell it's just the yankees something like that <laughs> and i was great. just like she was like just put her in at once to take a picture i was like lauren <laughs> never E Evie is never wearing either of these. I'm sorry. <laughs> I laughed. It was funny, but don't expect my daughter to ever put these on because it's not <laughs> happening. It is not happening, man. Um, That's great. See, how about this Ben Simmons stuff, man? What, what do you do if you're Philadelphia? How do you handle this? Just like what they did, suspended him. I mean, yeah. this sounds crazy, but I would try to do it. This is why I'm not a GM or don't work in the front office or nothing. But I would try to do everything I could not to pay this guy. Like, yeah. obviously, you don't want to play for us, right? Yeah. Like, you think you deserve to go somewhere else? Like, I'm going to try to do everything I can to suspend this guy every chance I get to not have to pay this guy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm just spiteful like that. So, like, you want, you you think that you can go play somewhere else? Like, nobody else wants you because you don't shoot the basketball. Like, <laughs> what are you? Like, this guy's act walking around like he's LeBron, because, yeah. like, go the fuck home then. Like, nobody yeah. told you to fucking come show up. Like, yeah. you only showed up because you you wanted to get paid, cuz. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. obvious that you don't want to be here. And Beeb is tired of the shit. Everybody's tired of the shit. So I would, I would literally do what they just did. I would try to suspend his ass for as long as I can to not have to pay that motherfucker, period. See, I, I love the way you just put that because I think you're 100% right, man. It's crazy, like, man. Like, come on, dude. Like, you are the reason why we're losing games. Yeah. Like, we're trying to help, like, we, like come on, man. Like, right. it ain't like you out here scoring 45 points a night and everybody else is failing you. You're failing us, bro. Like, yeah. you're failing us. So, the interesting part about the way you just put that, which I hadn't thought about, is because I think there is something where we all have seen different things happen with players who are under contract, especially in recent years in the NBA, right, where they force their way out, and it's yeah, like... These are good players. These yeah, are, yeah. That I hadn't thought about that point. I had not thought about that point. That's a really good point, see, about, like, Anthony Davis is trying... He's tried to do it forever in New Orleans. They, he didn't get the help. James Harden, he's tried to do it forever in Houston. These are championship-caliber basketball players. Right, right. Ben That's Simmons is not that. Yeah, it's different than Ben Simmons. Yeah, He is not that. He thinks he is. He is yeah. not that. He, well, it, man. 
you you can't you can't <laughs> I love it. I'm like, keep going, keep going. Like you 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 can't you can't run away from open layups in a playoff game, and then act like you are you know the star who gets to dictate where they want to go. I also do think. Look, I, I do also think there for me. There's also a value to being a professional, right? Like you, you sign a contract, and yes, if things aren't working out, of course you should go. It's between the two parties. Try and negotiate it out. But if it doesn't happen, you then either show up for real or accept that you're not getting paid. Yeah. You don't show up at practice with a phone in your pocket and half-ass it and just because you want to get paid. That's not professional, man. That's not cool. And all these, like, the guys that we're naming that, like, wanted out, like, they played their hearts out, cuz. Like, Harden played as hard as he could. You know what I'm saying? Like, Anthony Davis well, did he everything loafed, he, he could. He loafed at the end at to get out. At the beginning of last yeah, year, he did. Yeah. To get out. Of course yeah. he did, because they didn't yeah. want to trade him. But that guy needed to get out of there. You know what I'm saying? Like, he needed to change the scenery. Ben Simmons needs to go play bat, needs to go hoop, cuz, and prove that he can play in the league. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It, they just in different spots. And and I feel like whoever's advising this kid is giving him horrible fucking advice. Yeah. If nobody's advising him, somebody needs to get in his corner. Because yeah. he's acting what, like what he's would, something that he's not. What would your advice to him be? Go if fucking he, play basketball. Because go prove that you are how you're acting. Yeah. If you want to act like a diva and act like this. Like, how many All-Star games has Ben Simmons been to, bro? Uh, one or two? One or two? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like... I don't know, man. Like, you, it's not the same Dang Lillard. This ain't, you know what I'm saying? Like, this yeah. ain't this ain't a guy that moves the needle in the league. The only way, the only reason he's moving the needle is because he's doing these antics. Yeah. It ain't because of his play. Yeah, I, I mean, see, I he, he's an interesting player. Three time All Star, by the way. It's crazy too because he's you know he's two times all all defensive, right? Like, I mean, he's he's a he. He's a really good player, but he's a weird player because you don't get Ben Simmons and feel like, oh, I'm instantly going to be a championship contender, right? But but yet you do feel his impact. However, his flaws are so pronounced that they end up costing you in big ways in those playoff series or at the most inopportune times. So he is different than those other stars in that way. Nonetheless, I do think at some point an organization has to call, you know, a star on this and just say, "Hey, I'm not just capitulating to whatever you want. I'm not doing that." Like, man, if, if I was him, I would try to train him. him. I would try to train him to Portland. For I would Lillard. try to get Dame Lillard. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Lillard would be the perfect partner uh, for for Embiid. Uh, I mean, he he absolutely would. But I don't think it's is that. I mean. I mean, I I guess it'd be Ben Simmons and a million picks, but is that really exciting? You know, is Ben Simmons what Portland wants? I don't know. I don't think Ben Simmons is what nobody wants at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the other thing, too. When you do this, you're you're now also affecting this season, right? So now whoever gets Ben Simmons for this season is not getting Ben Simmons at his best. No. They're getting and, – and look, Harden – for as much as it was, you know, very off putting the way things ended in Houston, to his credit, he admitted, even when we interviewed him on Yes, see, at Media Day, he admitted his behavior for the way things ended in Houston affected him and his conditioning down the stretch for Brooklyn and felt like 
he or he didn't say this directly, but intimated that he doesn't feel like he ever would have had the hamstring issues he had down the stretch over and over and over again if he would have taken proper care of himself getting ready for the season if he mm, hadn't wanted out. Yeah, and that's what I think about Ben Simmons because now Ben, like what you're doing by by behaving this way and not being ready to play, you're also making it harder for a team to actually want to trade for you because they're going to think, am I even getting the best version of Ben Simmons if I trade for him or do I have to wait for the 22-23 season to see that? Yeah, you wait until for the 22-23 season for him to get a whole offseason of real conditioning. Yeah, so, I mean, I I definitely think that, um, you know, I, I, I think that they, they're in a tough spot, man, because they can't even get max value for him. No. And I just, I don't know. I don't know what they, I don't know where they go with this. I really don't. Because, you, because you're not getting max value and you don't want to capitulate to him and he's not showing up and, you know, honoring his contract or even trying to invest in this season and this team or saying, all right, I'm going to play for, I don't know where you go. I don't know what you do if you're I'll Philadelphia. I'll out of practice every day. Like, as soon as he walk in, you out of practice. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you just try and save some money. I'm trying That's to I'm it. trying to save some money, Cass. That's it, man. Uh well see, there's plenty going on. There's plenty to touch in this. Bobby Wagner, Sadie Zillow, our outstanding producers. We forget anything? Anything we any 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 big things that we didn't touch we need to touch? See, I think I think we covered it all for this Tuesday night. Now we just gotta see who wins game four between the Red Sox and Astros. Man, this is I mean, I I think the Astros come back to win this game. Yeah, I think if, they if, do too. If the Red Sox don't add any runs, I think the, the Astros will come back. They always they always score runs late. All right, we're both, we're both making the prediction the Astros will come back and win this game. So when the audience listens Wednesday morning, we'll see how smart we were. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 2-1 Red Sox in the sixth inning, bottom of the sixth, as we sign off. You guys know the deal. You get multiple episodes this week. We're getting, we're getting you a new episode Thursday, always on Thursdays, and then bonus episodes as well. So, yeah, you get this one Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. So you get another one on Thursday. Don't forget that. Make sure you're following us on Spotify, telling everyone you know, and following us on our social channels as well. We'll be back with another episode on Thursday. Peace, everybody. Peace.